We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the High Stakes Lowdown, a Rotoviz podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Football Players Championship. I'm Eric Balkman from the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour and the FFPC. You can follow me on Twitter, the FFPC on Twitter at FFPC. Before we go, I want to remind everyone that you can get a listeners only 10% to Rotoviz by using the code RVRADIO2022. That's R-V-R-A-D-I-O-2022. Your subscription gives you unlimited access to all of the Rotoviz content and tools, and it supports the podcast channel. Welcome in, welcome in, welcome in. Welcome to the High Stakes Lowdown, a Rotoviz podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Football Players Championship. I'm Eric Balkman from the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, the uh, High Stakes Fantasy Football Show on the Better Sports Network, and of course the FFPC at myffpc.com. I do want to remind you, if you are looking for some action, have I got a deal for you. Not only am I going to tell you how to win a lot of money um, before the NFL draft, I'm going to tell you some tips and tricks. Well, I'm not. But my guest tonight is my co-host for tonight, who's done this to uh, great critical acclaim, especially in uh, 2022. He's going to give us the skinny on that. But if you are looking to play and utilize the info that you're about to get tonight here on the uh, Road of His High Stakes Lowdown, $25,000 is the grand prize in the 2023 FFPC Never Too Early Best Ball Tournament. Just $125 to join that. You can also win a $5,000 grand prize in the 2023 FFPC Never Too Early Super Flex Best Ball Tournament. That's just a $35 entry fee over at my <clears throat> excuse me myffpc.com. Both tournaments are going to go all the way up to the start of the NFL draft. They'll get done on April 27th, and they're going to follow best ball slim rules. There's no kickers. There's no defenses. 20-round draft, 14-week regular season, and single-week elimination playoffs in weeks 15 through 17 before we crown a winner after week 17. Drafts are available with a 30-second clock, a 60-second clock, a two-hour clock, and a six-hour clock. That's all at myffpc.com. And if you're looking for some dynasty action, you want to play fantasy football 365 days a year, there's plenty of dynasty teams over there right now that you can pick up at reduced prices. MyFFPC.com, 
Just click on Dynasty uh, Dynasty Leagues from the FFPC drop-down menu at the top of your screen, and then there'll be another link that'll take you to the list of all the uh, orphan teams that you can uh, purchase with just a click of a button. A lot of reduced prices teams that can win in 2023, so make sure you're taking advantage of that as well. Um, remember to like this video, subscribe to the channel, comment on the video, share it with everybody and get notified so we can keep bringing awesome guests and creating great content for you here on the FFPC YouTube channel. Speaking of great guests this week, let's welcome him back on. He's done this show a couple of times, more than a couple, because he's very successful at what he does. Please welcome on the 2022 FFPC Never Too Early Best Ball Tournament Champion and $25,000 grand prize winner, Mr. John Terry. What's up, AJ? How are you? Good. How are you doing, Eric? Doing excellent. It, I'm excited to chop it up with you tonight because um, this is the only time we have had on a champion of the Never Too Early Best Ball Tournament because you're the only one who's ever done it. Uh, <laughs> it was the first time we had the tournament last year. You won it, and you're here to talk about it tonight. We're going to talk about um, some of the mistakes that you see people making and drafting this early. We're going to talk about how, how you think that players can get an advantage in this tournament and uh, potentially a sneaky good wide receiver that might be in uh, the AFC East this year. We're going to get into that as well. Um, so let's kick things off here, uh, John, and we'll talk about this from the top. Draft strategy. Um, it's different when you're playing in a 12-team league, different when you're trying to win a national tournament like the FFPC main event, like our $350 tournament that we're going to have once again this year, our, our regular best ball tournament, super flex best ball tournament. The never too early tournament aspect, I think, brings in another um, sort of layer of strategy because everybody drafting in this is drafting from January un until late April. And then that's the cutoff. Nobody can draft after that. And obviously, there's a lot of unknowns, unknowns in free agency, unknowns in the NFL draft. I'm kind of curious how you prep. I know you've done a couple of these already this year to try to defend the belt. How do you sort of like, what's the extra strategy that goes into this? How do you prepare for this one a little bit differently than some of the other tournaments you play in? Yeah, I, I guess um, <clears throat> the main thing is you, you need to do the best you can to make sure that you're going to have guys that play and that play all year so you can feel the lineup right so um you know I, it's a little different drafting right now than it will be um you know come april just given that we'll have a little more information but you just want to look at guys and what their situation is and you don't want to draft guys that uh you know, could be replaced in the NFL draft or via free agency. Do you feel like you're you're actually taking fewer risks in your draft? This is maybe the least aggressive of any tournament you draft in. Um, I guess the, the the question here is like like, and we'll get to this a little bit more. But but I think like, okay, so let's let's frame it this way. People okay. who are playing in the best ball tournaments, <clears throat> they always talk about spike weeks, which are still important yes. um, in, in, in the never too early tournament. But I feel like in this, what you just described, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it almost seems like you're drafting. It's it's more of a focus on higher floor players, right? That, that you know are going to have a role that are not going to, you know, lose their job due to a team, um, you know, drafting as replacement, signing as replacement, stuff like that. This might be where I don't want to say you're drafting conservatively, but maybe this is the tournament that you put the most emphasis on highest floor, right? 
Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's definitely true. I, I mean, you still want guys that can have big weeks, and that's important. But let's face it, at this point when you're drafting, you don't know what that playoff schedule is yet. So you you don't know the matchups or the games to focus on like a lot of guys do in the later best ball tournaments. So um, you're at a little bit of a, a – everyone's at a little bit of a disadvantage there. And, and I guess one of the things that I, I typically don't do is I think like last year on all my teams, I don't think I had any um, – I don't think I had Will Fuller on like any of my teams, right? Because I didn't know if he was going to play or not, and I thought there was a good chance he might not. Um, now, I, I, and I think um, it, it just happened to be, I think, on the one that won it all. I think I, think I took Gronk, Gronkowski one time. But – you know, it's avoiding guys like that that are, you know, have a lot of uncertainty around them. Um, I, I think that's that's really what I was trying to get at is, is guys in roles, plus guys that are, you know, guys that are in a good situation, say, at running back, but aren't super talented, right, that are likely to get play, replaced in the NFL draft or free agency. I mean, it could happen, right? So... Uh, I, I think you got to look out for those guys and try to avoid them. Um, I want to get into your build from last year. I looked over the team, and, and I think I have this right. Four quarterbacks, John, four tight ends. Quarterbacks you had were Justin Fields, Daniel Jones, Baker Mayfield, and Kyler Murray. The four tight ends you drafted, uh, Pat Fryermuth, you mentioned Rob Gronkowski, uh, Hayden Hurst, and Logan Thomas. How typical of, of a build uh, is that for you? A 20-man roster? You're using four spots on a quarterback, four spots on the tight end. Is that pretty typical, or was this outside the norm for you? No, it's outside the norm. And it's um, I'm really doing all these drafts as slow drafts. And, um, you know, you're looking at it as you go, and you, you, you try to fix some mistakes that you've made um, throughout the draft. So, um, you know, really on this team, I was feeling pretty good about the wide receiver and running back situation that I had and not so great about my QBs and tight ends. And as it got late in the draft, it just seemed to make sense to, you know, add extras in those positions, uh, you know, just to balance out my team. Um, I, I tend to think there's there's too much focus on construction and not enough focus on the actual players when mm. draft. I mean in the FFPC with the tight end premium uh, and you know the the dual flex I mean the, the whole thing is it's flexible right so you can fill those spots however you want um, I just think there's too much focus on everyone thinks they have to take all the wide receivers early and then balance out the rest of the team which when everybody's drafting that way I think the optimal draft strategy might be different than that. It, it comes down to, you know, people who, when they find out what, what, what I sort of do and, and that, that I work for the FFPC, they say, Oh, any advice for, for my draft that, that I'm doing this year. And I always say, yeah, draft good players. <laughs> yeah. And that's what it's come down to here, John. Like, like, and, and you mentioned it, like the, you know, we, we've seen all these different crazy ways that teams can win four five, six and now seven figures in the FFPC um, they you could do it a variety of ways because of, of that dual flex. Right. And, yeah. and I think that, you know, that's, that's sort of something that you need to use to it, your, your advantage here. 
what else can you use to your advantage in drafting in the never too early best ball tournament? I guess like one of the things I think of is as opposed to drafting in August or September, everybody has access to the same information. Like the, the information is out there. It, it, but like right now, if you're drafting, if you could kind of, I don't want to say outwork, but you can kind of get a leg up on the competition, right? If you, you know, sniff out this information and read between the lines, has that been your experience as well? Yeah. I mean, really that comes down to your look at the rookies, which I think is really harder to do this year. Um, but because, uh, I mean, predicting if, if you can hit on those guys correctly, you can get some good value, but you're also likely to have some misses in there too, right? So um, it, it, it's a little difficult, but I think that's that's the one spot where you could take advantage of information early. But I mean, really, I mean, everybody's drafting Robinson at the end of the first beginning of the second round. So, I mean, how much value are you really getting there? And then... Um, I really feel like this draft cat class, um, you know, the QBs and the tight ends, there's a lot of them this year, but are they likely to have an impact this year? Probably not. And then it seems like there's a lot of, uh, you know, slot receivers, the guys that I would qualify as slot, slot receivers in this draft that are really all going to be dependent upon landing slots that we don't know yet. So uh, I think that's tough. I, I think you got to you got to look at the ADP and try to find guys that you think are going to move up later in the year in in ADP and guys that you think are values. Um, I mean, I think my advance rate in this was to the playoffs last year. It was close to fifty percent of my teams mm-hmm. I got into the playoffs, and I know like one guy, like my most owned running back last year i think was leonard fournette and um i think he was on my championship team and i was getting him in like the middle of the seventh round and i think by the time we got to later in the year he was going in like the third round yeah so i mean mean, it was a a sizable difference and i uh, the other thing that didn't hurt i mean obviously it wasn't part of my championship team but i i think i had josh allen on five or six of my teams as well um, I thought he um, was going at a decent spot. And I think on almost every one of my teams, I was taking um, I, like a guy like Isaiah McKenzie in the last round, which while he wasn't a superstar, he had a lot of weeks that counted for me and uh, kind of came through. And and I, I guess that leads into my next question here. I mean, you still got to draft ceiling in, in this. You still got to draft the spike week guys. It's totally yeah. integral to try to win, to try to beat out you know, hundreds or thousands of other teams, right? Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, for sure. I, I think, um, you know, you, we've been talking about rookies, and and I know I didn't, add, I didn't ask you that or see if you could check on this, but do you remember drafting a whole lot of rookies in this tournament last year on your teams? Do you feel like um, people, you know, go a little rookie crazy in, in this yeah. and maybe draft them a little bit higher than they should be going? Yeah, I, I definitely think that's the, the trend early. Um I didn't draft a ton of them last year. I mean, I had, I had some, but, but not as many as most. Um, and I, I tend to be conservative on the rookies and take the guys that I know are going to be good. Like 
I mean, for example, this year would be Robinson, but everybody knows that. So mm-hmm. I'm not really getting over on anybody. When when you consider like I can't remember when this started being a thing for season long. It's probably been like six years, six, seven years ago now, but I remember like when DFS was huge and obviously it's still huge, but um, people started applying stacking to season long contests and, and where, where you're drafting your first few guys. And then after you draft them, you're like, okay, now how can I, how can I get the other receiver or the tight end and the quarterback on this team? Right. Um, How important is, I know you can win a, a national tournament in the FFPC without stacking John, but how important is it? Because it's, it's pretty difficult to, to win it without, right? Yeah, yeah, I definitely think it's important. I, I I try not to reach for guys just to stack, but I think if you get the opportunity, it's important because, um, like I said, in this contest right now, you don't know the schedule, but you do know the guys that at least play on the same team, right, or, or you know, are in contract situations that are solid that you're confident are going to stay on that same team, you know, come – regular season. So I definitely think it's important because it's, that's the only thing that you can do to kind of try to get those guys on the spike week and hit on it in the playoffs. Right. I, I think um, I was listening to the, the goat district guys um, actually earlier today, they did a live FFPC draft um, as part of a, a show they did on Sunday. And those guys were, they had they they had the spot track or spo track whatever the web the contract website is for pro athletes. Yeah. They they had they have that tab open. I'm telling you, like I, I've done a couple of Kentucky drafts already this year. I get, I have to have that window open to check contracts because I it's impossible for me to memorize all the contract statuses for all these guys. But that yeah. website is like totally integral and they, it has broken so many ties for me um, over the last couple of years, John. And and I think like as much as we look at talent. And situation this time of year we got to be looking at contract statuses too yeah yeah uh, 100% agreed and that that and I'm not uh as quick with that and still um you know developing my knowledge base so that's why I'm doing all these as slow drafts right now <laughs> yeah and, and and I think that's the other thing too it's like um I'll look at the deal and I'll say okay signed a four-year deal with such and such for you know, $50 million. Like, okay, he's under contract. But then if you scroll down a little bit on that website, it's always like potential out this year, you know, this is the cap hit or whatever. Like, Oh no. So they still might cut him this year. It's just just so maddening and so frustrating, but it's part of the reason we love it too. Um, So obviously people drafting players who are ultimately cut or ultimately replaced um, by free agents or rookies. You kind of touched on that already. That's obviously a mistake that people make. What, what's something else if somebody's like, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to get an early start on my fantasy football season. I'm going to start drafting in the never too early best ball tournament. Um, what's a mistake that you would encourage them to avoid? What's the best piece of advice you can give them to, to not screw things up? Yeah. Um, I guess a couple things. One is I don't think, I don't think the winning strategy is taking what you view as all upside guys in drafting like seven rookies on your team, right? I think you may hit on a couple, but overall you're going to have too many holes to fill. Like like for some guys, how long is it going to take them to break into the lineup and actually start scoring points and 
by that time, how far behind are you? You know, mm-hmm. you gotta, you gotta have some balance. And then, um, we're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. I guess the, the other mistakes is I, I think you need to spend a fair amount of time analyzing your individual cheat sheet and not focusing solely on like, I mean, ADP is a tool you can use, obviously, but I think there are definitely guys that I see as going too high and guys that are going as values based on what I think compared to the ADP. And I think there are a handful of guys that won't be on any of my teams and then a handful of guys that'll be on most of my teams because Mm. of that. And I think you, you need to spend the work on that in uh, in the spring just to um, you know kind of kind of get a leg up. I think too, um, you know, when you talk about that, like I always like anytime I'm in a draft, like an online draft room, I always sort by ADP, and it's not um, you know what what is our mutual friend HSFF our co-host uh, Farrell Elliott always say, you draft by ADP, you're going to draft an average team, which is true. But I love using it as a tool to know where certain players are going, where I can map out, okay, I look at this round in this draft or, you know, how it's going on average. I can eliminate five guys right away that I know I'm not going to take in that round. Then all of a sudden uh, it's pared down a little bit. And then based on how I think, you know, the percentage chance of of what these, how many of these guys are going to be available to me, that might 
influence my decision in the following round and then the round after that. So the more that that I, I sort of can map out ADP in my head, or at least on paper, I kind of can get a feel with, you know, how I think things might go. And then I'm able to pivot uh, more easily off that. And I think when you're drafting this early in the year, I mean, that's almost more important than late in the season when, you know, a guy like you who's been drafting since January, you're, you're doing it with your eyes shut in September, right? But like, you know, somebody who like we're all fresh to it right now, right. I think it's more important to kind of get a handle on who you're, you know, and obviously, you know, we change who we like over the course of, of the offseason and drafting season based on, on the draft and, and free agency and everything like that. But I think like th this is the time where you really it's not flag planting season, but this is the time where you can really dig in and, and find out who you really like. And, and really, you know what I always like to say, get your guys, John. Yeah, yeah, I, I agreed. And if you use ADP properly, like you'll focus on getting your guys and get them in, you know, the latest round that they would have been available to you, you know, based on using that ADP. Right. Obviously, experience in there, but yeah, hundred uh, percent. I uh, want to get into um, some some uh, player personnel here that I, I feel has been either um, polarizing or players that perhaps you like maybe more so than the public does. And you know, if, if I'm wrong on this, then let me know. But yeah, uh, the Raiders right now, Las Vegas does not know who their quarterback is going to be this season. Yeah. Why do you think in, in the two never-too-early drafts that you've done, why did Hunter Renfro end up on both your teams? What do you like about him right now, John? Yeah, well, I was just small sample size. But right, extremely small. I, I mean, I think I, – I, and I and keep in mind, too, that he's like a pick in, I think, like the late 14th round, I want to say, is where mm -hmm. I missed him. Um, one, he, he missed a big chunk of last year. Um I don't think Carr was really key to his game. You know, he, he wasn't that successful. I mean, I think his uh, his best game of the year was the like the last game when uh, the backup was in there, when Stidman was in there. Mm -hmm. um, so, and I, I think it's possible, um, again, we don't know who the QB is, but it's possible that it's Aaron Rodgers. It's possible it's Lamar Jackson. You know, we don't know. It could be upgrade, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I'm looking at Devontae Adams at the 110 right now in the never too early tournament. Does, does that feel right to you or are you more likely to, again, wait and, and draft Renfro a little bit more in the 14th round than you would about Adams in the late first? I'm actually okay with both guys where they're going. Um, just because I think Adams is a little QB proof at this point. Um, just Carr was pretty bad last year. Um, and I think whoever they get uh, is going to be able to get the ball to Adams. Um, Jacoby Myers is probably going to get paid um, this uh, this offseason in free agency when it, I think it begins a week from today or something like that, or maybe a week from, from Wednesday, from tomorrow. Uh, I yeah. think the 15th is when it is. Um, does that mean wheels up Devontae Parker in New England? Or, again, was that a small sample size? that I'm just seeing you take Parker in both these drafts? Well, it is a small sample size, but Parker, I mean, that's, uh, gosh, I think I was getting him in like 19 and 20, right? Like I mean, he, was, he was practically free. And I mean, there's a chance, right, that he could be the number one in New England. We just don't know yet. Uh, there's just so many um, 
moving parts and rumors, but I think he's the best guy that they have left. Um, and uh, I mean, Myers, uh, they're not going to pay him. He's going to, he's going to wind up somewhere else. Right. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's worth a shot. Do you think given it get, get back to Jacoby Myers here, do you think how he was used in new England, whoever pays him, I mean, are we looking at what he did in New England as his floor this season, that if he remains healthy? I don't think it's his floor, but I think whoever signs him, you know, is going to pay, and because of that, they're going to use him. They're going right? to use him, right? Yeah. So, I mean, he's going to be a guy like Kirk, right? Kirk last year, I guess I'd equate him to, where he wasn't a superstar, but – he was overpaid and he became, you know, a key part of that Jacksonville offense. So wherever Myers goes, yeah. I mean, I, I think I see him putting at least similar stats up to last year, if not better. Um, you brought up Christian Kirk and, and I don't, I, I wasn't going to ask you about this, but Calvin Ridley just got reinstated by the NFL this week. He obviously came over from Atlanta to Jacksonville at the trade deadline last year. Yeah. How do you think, you know, because now Trevor Lawrence is going to have the opportunity to throw to a lot of guys this year, but four of them, ETN, Engram, Kirk, and now Ridley. Does Ridley muck it up for the rest of the guys, knowing that that he was such a target hog in Atlanta? Um, is he a buy in the never-too-early tournament? You know, even though he hasn't played in basically a year and a half, how do you assess sort of, and let's just focus it down to Kirk versus Ridley here. Yeah, I, I prefer Kirk to Ridley just because um, I factor in like the knucklehead factor when it comes to Ridley. And, you know, we just don't know if he's going to screw up again. And I mean, I, uh, last I checked Ridley was going at the end of the fifth and with as many um, guys that they have there in Jacksonville with him being gone for a year in a new system, you know, I, I just think there's, there's a lot of risk with Ridley. So uh, I'm probably not going to draft a ton of him. Uh, I mean, I do like it for Trevor Lawrence, just because I think he, he should be taking even another step further this year. I mean, he came a long way last year, but with that additional target, if Ridley pans out at all, I mean, he, he really has the potential to have a lot of pass catchers in that offense. Knowing that, Ridley has an ADP. And by the way, shout out to Darren Armani, the godfather of the FFPC pros versus Joe's the webmaster over at fantasymojo.com. You follow him on Twitter at fantasy mojo. Anytime we cite ADP on this program, it's thanks to him and make sure that you do have a membership to fantasymojo.com If you're playing in the FFPC, that is a huge way to get a leg up on your competition. Calvin Ridley 508 in the never too early tournament right now. Uh, or beg your pardon, Christian Kirk 508, Calvin Ridley 512. John, does this mean that Kirk is actually, you can buy the dip on him right now. And maybe Ridley is the guy who's going to, too high, even though Kirk's going before him. Yeah, I mean, it's possible. But to be honest, I want Evan Ingram. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, so let's get into Ingram. Because like, I've been calling him on the HSFFR. I've been calling him the thief since late last season because I figured whoever he was with, and now we know he signed the franchise tag with Jacksonville. Um, but I said, whoever he signs with, he's going to, he's going to be stealing money from them last, uh, this coming year, because he never had a year like this where he yeah. dropped so few passes where he stayed on the field so much, you know, and this was a, a, a new quarterback, new offense, new head coach, new OC, new everything. And he crushed it last year. 
Yeah. And you like him to do just well, maybe not just I I'll well, let you talk, but you like him this year. I, I do. And I mean, I think it was a fresh start for him. He needed to get out of New York because I mean he really hadn't had a good year since his rookie year. And then um I mean they franchised him, right? So mm-hmm. he's got the incentive, he's got to put up another good year this year to get paid next year, right? Yes. So um I mean I, I don't see He's got the chemistry with uh, Lawrence. He looked, I mean, to me on the field, I mean, he looked better and faster this year than he ever did in New York. So, yeah, I like him to put up another another strong season. Evan Engram right now, I uh, should mention, he is going as tight end seven right in front of the newly wedded Darren Waller. Congratulations to Mr. and Mrs. Waller. Evan Engram at the 612 right now. Um, going again right in front of Darren Waller, Pat Fryermuth. He is actually going about, oh gosh, um, two and a half rounds after tight end six, which is Dallas Goddard. Boy, if you wait on tight end, um, John, and, and it gets to be the end of the sixth round, uh, you could go, you could get Engram there, and it, and that's after stacking five other players on your roster. Kind of, kind yeah. of a nice little drop off for for all the Evan Engram buyers out there. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Um, let's talk about Brees Hall here. Um, now he tore his ACL in late October. Uh, if he wouldn't have done that, um, I know a lot of pundits out there, a lot of high stakes players said that he would be a first half of the first round type player. Some people even said he'd be in contention to being the 101 this year. He has a never too early ADP of 211. So he is going in the late second round. Is that a good spot for drafters to be in business with that guy? knowing a couple of factors. One, there is a non-zero chance he doesn't start the season on time. And two, um, we have seen guys tear their ACL, and then that first year back, it just doesn't feel like they're all the way back, right? And and they have kind of a, a down season. But you can get Brees Hall. Again, a guy who, if he was healthy, high-stakes players would have considered him in the top five. Now you're getting a round and a half of value on him coming off the ACL. Is that enough of a value, John Terry, for you to be taking him at the end of the second round? Yeah, I'm not I'm not avoiding him, but I'm not going to I'm not going to have him on like 50% of my teams either. Um I from everything that I've seen, one the guy's super young. He the injury was fairly clean for an ACL and everything that I've seen his recovery is going well and he's ahead of schedule. So, I'm okay in taking him especially since this is, you know, a best ball tournament. And even if he doesn't start the season on time, like your other, you should be able to fill out a roster the few first few weeks based on all the other guys you have, right? Because they shouldn't be hurt yet or out of the lineup. So even if he filters in, you know, a few games later, he still could be key scoring for you, you know, midseason and on. John, you mentioned 50% ownership on Brees Hall is nowhere you want to be this year. Do you track your ownership percentages, you know, from tournament to tournament or overall when you're drafting? Yeah. Yeah. yeah is that yeah. a is that a must for volume players? I mean, do you have to be able to to be able to do that? Well, I yeah, I mean, you can have I, I think so because you can have uh, you know, a list of the guys that you think are value, right? And be focused even if you think everyone's nuts on ADP and you're always going to like a guy and be able to get him, you know, where you think he's value. It, 
if you have him on 80% of your teams and he is, you know, a first or a second round pick, I mean, everybody has the potential to get hurt or go mm-hmm. down or have something happen. And you don't want to just get knocked out on, you know, 80% of your drafts with just one guy going down. So I, I think there needs to be a, you know, somewhat of a cap across the contest you're doing on, on just how much of one guy you have. Do you go ahead? It's okay if it's like a late round guy. That was my next question. Yeah. But you know, early round draft capital, I want to spread it out. When you're drafting, um, you know, when we especially when we hit like May and June, like when the draft is behind us and everything, do you start making decisions based on what kind of ownership you already have on a certain player? And before a draft starts, you'll actually look, or I guess it's easier if you're doing slow drafts, right? Um, you, before you draft a player, you'll look at the ownership percentage and then maybe pivot off him if you feel like it's already creeping up there to the too high level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always do that. <laughs> um, we talked about um, avoiding, not avoiding, but if you skip the top five, six tight ends off the board, you get Evan Ingram. To double that at tight end fourteen right now, John is uh, Dawson Knox. Nine oh nine is where he's going in the never too early tournament. He's going um, about a half round behind Greg Dulcich and Cole Komet, and he's going uh, um, about three picks ahead of Chigakonkwo in Tennessee. What do you think about Dawson Knox? It, it, should he be a target for somebody? And let's let's frame it this way, too. Um, what if you wait on tight end, the top 10 or 11 are gone, is Dawson Knox the perfect complement for a guy like Njoku or Dulcich or Komet? Like, if you grab one of those guys... Would you be willing to grab a guy like Knox right away? Your thoughts on Knox in 2023, John? Yeah, I, I mean, I like him at that ADP. I think he'll move up. Um, I mean, he's got chemistry with Allen. They throw the ball a ton. Um, I don't see any reason that, you know, he's going to be worse than last year. Um, so, I, yeah, he's he's a value there, and I, I would take him. Is, sure. there so, is there something to be said for – and I guess it's the only – uh, surface value. This is the only thing I see that could be problematic. Yeah, you know, I think about Gabe Davis still on that team. Had a down year. He was bugged by that. I think it was an ankle injury that he hurt in the opening game. And I think he was kind of really grinding it out throughout the season. We probably should have taken like a month off just to rest it, and he didn't. Um, but I feel like he could step back up and and have a decent season. Khalil Shakir actually was coming on last season. And what's the what have we heard from? Um, from people covering the NFL, people, you know, the, the, the high stakes players um, and, and some of the other NFL pundits saying, you know, Buffalo is looking at adding another pass catcher for Josh Allen. It almost seems like Knox had a great season last year, but man, if they had another pass catcher, Shakir comes on again, Gabe Davis bounces back. I, I guess there's a potential to bust there, but I guess at that point, it's only a late ninth round pick, probably worth the roll of the dice. Yeah, I think so. And I think I think Knox, I mean, he has a pretty high touchdown potential too, right? So uh, I, I still like him at that ADP. Let me ask you this final question for you tonight. Um, who else do you like at their current ADP? Um, who else is a sleeper that you're trying to target and get on your teams right now in the never-too-early tournament? And then if you want to talk about a player, there's probably more than a couple of players in your mind that you don't want to have anything to do with, that that you are right out on this year, basically players off your board. Can you name a few players at the opposite ends of the spectrum here for us, John? Yeah, yeah. I made a, a little list here because I didn't 
I, I don't have just one guy. I have right. quite a few here, but um, guys that I like at their current ADP, like running backs. Um, I mean, I think Najee's going in the late fourth. I like that. I like, you know, it may not be in Cincinnati, but Joe Mixon in the sixth round. I think he's going to be playing somewhere and getting a lot of work. And then uh, I also like Dobbins in the sixth, Akers in the seventh, and Rashad White in the late seventh at running back. Those all look like values to me. Uh-huh. I don't see a ton of values at wide receiver, but I like – I like Hollywood in the late seventh because um, looks like Hopkins is going to be traded. So mm-hmm. he should be the guy there. And uh, similarly, I like Hopkins going in the late fourth because whoever trades for him is going to use him. We talked about Evan Ingram. I, I like him at tight end. You know, I know it's early third round, but I still like Hawkinson at tight end. I think he's going to continue to be a beast in Minnesota. And if I had a you know a sleeper tight end going in like the end of the seventeenth, I like Jake Ferguson. Oh yeah, that's a good one. That uh, is a good one. Uh, guys, I don't like um, kind of correspondingly to Jake Ferguson. I don't like Dalton Schultz in the seventh. Don't know where he's going to play. He's not going to be in Dallas. Uh, don't like Dak in the seventh. I don't like Pacheco in the seventh. I'm just not a fan of the talent. I think, uh, I don't know. He was okay, but I think he's too hyped up. Um, And I don't want any part of, it it kills me because I have a a lot of dynasty teams, but I don't want any of Javante Williams this year. Mm -hmm. I'm with Um, you. The injury was just too severe, and they're already talking about signing Kareem Hunt. And then one guy that I'm not going to have much of in the first round this year is uh, Cooper Cup, just because I think there's a non-zero chance that Matt Stafford retires with yep. you know his concussion and his injury, and so much of that connection is just the chemistry between the two of them. And when they get another QB in there, I just don't think it's going to be the same thing for Cup. Yeah, and, and it's it comes down to draft capital, right? Because it's fine to not like Cooper Cup in the first, which I I had the opportunity to draft him a couple of times this year. I shied away from him. It's fine to to not like him there, but then you still look at um you still look at that same offense. You it's fine to like Cam Akers in the seventh round, you know, because because you're not paying you know a top three or top four pick uh, or whatever for Akers. I'm looking at some of these running backs that you mentioned with. Harris and Mixon, Dobbins, Akers, Rashad White. It almost seems like John in 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 your drafts this year, um, FFPC. It might be easier to to get these stud receivers and tight ends early, and then hit some of these running backs maybe on some zero RB teams. Um, and and you know, these are all guys that have either, well, with the exception of Rashad White, they're all guys that have been three down guys before and aren't necessarily old. Um, and they could obviously catch on the free agents ones. Uh, the, the guys who are free agents could obviously catch on, turn it on. The guys who are still staying with their teams, uh, it's worth the value right now. And, and maybe those are the maybe those are the true values right now. The never too early tournament is hitting on these pass catchers early, and then hitting on some of these running backs later on. Yeah, I, I definitely think so. You you need to free up those early spots, and it's not only um, it's not only for the wide receivers, which again are going super early. Um, but 
it's for the quarterbacks this year, right? Like you have to have, in my view, you have to have a good quarterback. And like, if you want one of the top guys, unfortunately this year, you got to pay. They're going as high as they ever have. I'm looking at it right now. Um, Allen, Hertz, and Mahomes are all second round picks. Um, Then you look at Burrow, in the third and then fields jackson and herbert are all in the fourth so even if you're waiting to the late fifth you're already looking at the eighth quarterback off the board yeah, it's, yeah. Just, it's, it's really it's kind of unheard of i mean this is this is yeah. as early as i've ever seen them go i can't remember a time where where they have gone this early and i'll tell you this right now in a kffsc draft i did two weeks ago i wanted to say somewhere around there I think I ended up with um, Patrick Mahomes as the as the uh, third quarterback off the board, and that's the earliest I've ever taken a quarterback. There's all the cool kids are doing it, right? I have to jump in and do the same thing. That's that's just how it is. Um, I feel like my advice aside, the viewers tonight and the listeners tomorrow um, have gleaned some information here from you, John, and um, I, I think that if you don't repeat as the twenty five thousand dollar champion of the Never Too Early FFPC Best Ball Tournament. You can attribute it to your appearance on the podcast tonight, spilling your guts with all the players you don't like, all the players you like, some strategies that maybe other people hadn't thought about. Um, so you did this to yourself, man, but I'm so glad you did it. Thank you so much. Yeah, no problem. Uh, John Terry, ladies and gentlemen, 25K winners. won a ton of other stuff too. I think um, more than $70,000 back in 2021. He won a lot more than 25 grand in 2022 but just this one tournament $25,000 alone be good we'll talk to you again soon and I'm sure I'll see you in the draft rooms this summer for sure all right sounds good and then we'll uh, see you in Vegas as well you got it I'll be there thank you John Terry ladies and gentlemen uh, from the championship of the 2022 FFPC never too early best ball tournament trying to win the 2023 version uh, this year I want to thank him uh, for hopping aboard the Rotoviz High Stakes Lowdown tonight. Uh, I do want to remind you that uh, the High Stakes Lowdown is in its hiatus portion of its schedule. Uh, we are monthly, ladies and gentlemen. The first Tuesday night of every month, uh, we will go live. I know this is the, yeah, no, this is the first Tuesday uh, of March. So we're going to go the first Tuesday night live of every month up until um, September. And then once I get back from partying with John Terry in Las Vegas and the rest of the FFPC crew, uh, we will go back to our weekly schedule. So the next show uh, for the Rotoviz High Stakes Lowdown will be Tuesday, April 4th. And you can check for it in the Rotoviz uh, feed, uh, rotoviz.com slash podcast or anywhere you get podcasts. Uh, that should be up within about 24 to 48 hours later. Uh, the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is live at 10, 9 central this Friday night with KFFSC Commission Farrell Elliott, myself, and another guest. Uh, right here on this FFPC YouTube channel. And then the High Stakes Fantasy Football Show on the Better Sports Network goes live Thursday night, 7, 6 central, on the Better Sports Network app, which is free in Google Play and the App Store. Uh, My co-host for the full two hours Thursday night will be late round founder and living the stream co-host, JJ Zacharyson and FFPC Joe, uh, FFPC Pro, beg your pardon, that will hop aboard and we'll uh, chop it up for two hours there. Want to remind you, utilize the information that you have received from John Terry tonight to enter and potentially win $25,000 in the FFPC Never Too Early Best Ball Tournament at just a $125 entry fee. 
and myffpc.com. Win $5,000 grand prize in the FFPC Never Too Early Superflex Best Ball Tournament. Just a $35 entry there, again, at myffpc.com. Both tournaments are going to, they've been running since January. They're going to stop when the NFL draft starts on April 27th. Best ball slim rules, no kickers, no defenses, 20-round draft, 14-week regular season, uh, a single-week elimination playoffs from 15 to 17, of the weeks 15 to 17, and then we'll crown a champion after week 17. 30-second, 60-second, two-hour and six-hour clocks available there um, at myffpc.com. And while you're there, check out all the great deals we had on Dynasty Orphan Teams. Just click on Dynasty Leagues from the drop-down menu at the top of your screen at myffpc.com. And then you'll have a uh, another link on the following page that will bring you to the list of all the orphans. We have orphans from $77 all the way up to $2,500. And many of those have reduced prices and they can still win this year. That's the great thing about it. Uh, just go to myffpc.com, myffpc.com. Remember to like this video, subscribe to the channel, comment on the video, share the video with everybody and get notified so we can keep uh, bringing you this great content that we've been able to do on YouTube for the past year plus. Thanks so much for watching, everybody. I will see you on the BSN app on Thursday evening at 7, 6 central. And I'll see you right back here on these airwaves or YouTube waves, whatever, at 10, 9 central on Friday night with Farrell Elliott. Be good, everybody, and have a great rest of your week. Thank you for listening to the High Stakes Lowdown, a Rotoviz podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Football Players Championship. And thanks to Grapes for our theme music. Please review the podcast on iTunes under the Rotoviz radio feed. It helps us find new listeners. Contact us via email, rotovizradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear what you think and follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the show by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 10% discount through the NFL podcast homepage, rotoviz.com slash podcast. Thank you.